Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. and welcome. My name is Anita Davis, and I am so happy and excited to be here with everybody this morning. Um, today we're going to talk about a topic that I think we all experience, and that's fear. But mine kind of, my confrontation with fear kind of happened in a very different way. Um, I never would have imagined myself to be somebody that would have, I don't view myself as somebody that lives in fear. I feel like I'm pretty outgoing and can kind of conquer things and kind of do this, that, or whatever. But I have realized over the last six months or so that I've had this very slow awakening to the fact that fear is very dominant in my life. And it is, it, it's, it's, it's not something that I'm very happy to say that, oh my gosh, yeah, I've been living out of fear for quite some time. Um, I really see and experience fear creep into my life through the portals of worry and anxiety, especially regarding things that I have absolutely no control over. I've noticed that as, as I've become more attuned to the fear hiding in my life, it's been holding me back from truly becoming who it is that I feel that I want to be, as well as who God is inviting me into becoming. I've had to press into whatever fear I have, and I'm starting to learn that it's okay to live life and to do it afraid. The big aha or light bulb moment for me happened this last July. I have a friend who um, has been wanting to go skydiving forever and ever and ever. And every year on the birthday, he would, he would say, this is going to be the year that I'm going to go skydiving. And then it would, wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Well, this last year, I was super intentional and like, okay, you've got to make this year be the year that you go skydiving. Your birthday's coming up, <clears throat> start calling, make the appointment, let's do this. And he's like, do you want to go with me? I'm like, I am not going with you. I will be at the bottom with my feet firmly planted on the ground going, woohoo, look at you. But I'm not going up there. I'm not doing it. So um, he kept making attempts, calling the place up in Superior to make the appointment, and he just kept running into roadblocks. It was the guy wasn't returning his phone calls. He kept emailing, and nothing was happening. So then we started talking about the possibility of, well, maybe we need to look at a different place to go. You know, he was truly wanting, though, to skydive here in Duluth because he's grown up here his entire life, wanted to see the lake, and just from th that amazing view of 10,000 feet up in the air, 10,000 feet, which if you look at the clouds in the sky, they're at 5,000. So you've got to go twice th that height. <laughs> in order to actually fall out of a plane. So, so he's been wanting to do this, and so we talked about going to Michigan or going to the cities or doing something like that, and then the guy finally called him back. He finally called him back. The, the, the odd thing was, was that I had this weird idea that maybe, just maybe, I might actually join them in doing this. 
And I had said that prior to the guy calling him back. So it's kind of still like this fleeting idea of it could happen, it probably won't happen, because I highly doubt we're going to go to the cities or to Michigan for that matter to go skydiving. So I really don't think this is going to take place. Well, with me just saying maybe, the guy called him back, was able to make the appointment, and then my friend calls me and goes, guess what? We're going skydiving on July 29th. And the guy asked me, hey, do you have anybody else that might want to join you? And he said, as a matter of fact, I do. Her name's Anita Davis. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So my maybe turned into a I'm going. Yeah, yeah, funny. So when he first told me that, he's like, now, I know that you said maybe. So if you really don't want to do it, it's okay. You can back out. But there was something inside of me that was just like prompting me to just kind of stick to the commitment. Now, I have an extreme fear of heights. And it comes and it goes. There's times that I can put a ladder up on, on my roof line and I can climb up it, not a problem. Then there are other times that I put that ladder up and I'll go to climb it and my knees start to shake and my brain goes dizzy and I feel like I'm going to pass out. So I have this extreme fear and the older I've gotten, the worse it's gotten. You know, whether it's going up in a Ferris wheel, doesn't matter. I kind of don't like being off the ground. So now here I am in, in this situation where I actually have an opportunity to fall out of a plane. And so... I decided, well, obviously, I, I just, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me and God was going to have something in this for me. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. Even though, like I said, he gave me multiple opportunities to back out. Two, so it was two weeks. Two weeks we had to prep for this. And this, now my friend, when he gets excited about stuff, he wants to watch all the videos and talk about it nonstop and just be like, this is going to be so amazing, it's going to be so fun, and I'm like, I will watch one video and then I'm not talking about it again until it happens. I, I, I was in this disbelief of, I, I couldn't believe that I actually was going to do this. I cannot, I just, I, I, what, what, am I, what am I thinking? I'm kind of losing my morals here or something. So the day of skydiving approaches, and um, we decided that we're just going to go kind of take a leisure morning, get some breakfast, just kind of hang out until we have to go over to the airport by 1 o'clock. And so we are driving in my vehicle, and I had this vision of seeing myself falling and flying through the air. And um, if I back up the train a little bit, back in 2019, I kind of started this journey of intensive therapy, going through some stuff personally in my life, experienced a divorce. And I usually am not a person who gets like a word for my year of what it is that I'm going to be doing. Or, but for some reason in 2019, freedom happened to be like my anthem for that year. And so as I am driving, I, I feel that word come over me again. And I can envision myself falling through the air and screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm free! I'm free! You know? So free from just not only the things that are going on in my life, but just people's expectations of me, people's ideas of what it is that I should be doing with my life, all these outside influences that kind of seem to hold us back a bit. 
And so um, for me, that journey was relationships, having a hard time with my relationships with my family and not being able to show up in ways that I felt were truly me and being authentic and real. So as I'm envisioning myself as I'm driving to Superior, being free, it was, it was, I, I was ready to embark on, on, the, on this crazy journey. So we um, go and we do breakfast, we do a little bit of egg picking, just kind of kill some time, and then we head over to the airport. And so my excitement of being free has now turned into fear again as we pull up into the parking lot. And so we go through the formalities of having to, you know, sign the waiver, watch a video telling us that they're not liable if we die, you know, um, things, things of that na nature. Then we go through the whole training process of, okay, here's your harness, get you fitted, now this is what you need to do. And he ran through it like one time. One time. And so here I am in my fear and my anxiety, trying to listen to him, every word that comes flying out of his mouth, and I am like starting to shake. I'm starting, my, fa I'm, my face, if I had a picture, I would have, oh, if I had a good picture, because there was a picture taken, it wasn't that good, but I'll tell you, my face was just like fear. You knew it, you knew it. Nita was scared out of her, out of her, I was scared out of my mind. And I kept saying to myself, what in the world are you doing? Why did you say yes? Why are you here? So we go through all the training. That only happened one time. And the guy says, okay, which one of you wants to go first? And I'm standing there holding onto my harness and I'm still on the ground. And he's like, Nita, I think it should be you because I'm afraid you might change your mind <laughs> if we let your friend go. All right, so I get myself into this plane, and now it is a beautiful day. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's about 70 degrees, and there are some clouds up in the sky. The sun is pure. It just, it was really a very pretty day, not that windy at all. And so, of course, the pilot and the, the skydiver have to take all this stuff into consideration. Wind speed, how much clouds are in the air. So we get into this little tiny plane that can fit the pilot, myself, and my tandem skydiver and maybe two bags if we're lucky. So that's how tiny it was, okay? And we get into this plane and we are going up in the air. And I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking, wow, it's kind of pretty, but I'm about to fall out of this thing. <laughs> and so as I'm sitting there, I start, because now he's got himself strapped onto me, so I'm trying to hold him. I'm trying to hang on to this bar. I'm looking at all of these dials, and I'm still thinking, what in the hell did I do to myself? Why am I here? I'm shaking. My eyeballs, I bet you, were about this big, and I'm just reading these dials, and I'm going, okay, so which one is it that he looks at so that he knows that it's time for us to fall out of this thing? All right, and I'm just sitting there, and I am just, I, I'm scared. I, I've never experienced so much fear in my entire life. And as I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to distract myself, and he's trying to be like, oh, look, at there's UMD over there. And <laughs> do, you, do you see over, I think that's wrench all over there with the, with the big old gas tank. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what all that stuff is. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks nice. You know? But we're up there for an extended amount of time because he cannot find an opening 
through the clouds. And so we're circling and we're circling and my anxiety is increasing and my fear is getting bigger. And that for me, right in that moment as I'm holding on to that bar and I'm looking at those dials is when I experience true acceptance for the first time of being able to just be like, you have no choice. You are falling out of this plane. So you need to accept the fact that that is what's gonna be happening. And the beautiful part of it is that in that fear and me receiving that acceptance, Jesus showed up. And about maybe seven, eight years ago, I was at a women's conference and they were talking about envisioning Jesus and all this stuff in your mind. And whenever I would see him, it would always be the robe and the sandals. And so I had a little conversation with Jesus. And I'm like, you know, I really need you to show up a little different so that I can have more of a connection with you. So now in my head, I see him wearing a blue plaid shirt with some blue jeans and some work boots. That's how I see my Jesus. So here I am, death gripping, trying to distract myself, and I experience Jesus and peace and acceptance for the first time, just fully being able to be like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And I can do it afraid until the door opens up. <laughs> and the minute that the door opens, it's this big, huge whoosh, and you can see the ground. And I'm supposed to remember everything that he showed me one time. And he says to me, you need to put your foot out on this bar that is outside of the plane that goes up and touches the wing, right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, man. So I am now death gripping, not the bar, but the doorway as I put my foot out there. And I've got it sitting out in the middle of the air, right? And he's trying to tell me, don't, he's trying to now knock my arm off the door. <laughs> Because if I would have listened and remembered everything he said, I was supposed to be holding onto my harness at that time. But no, I'm death gripping. So he's knocking my hand off. He, then I put my arms up here on my harness. He tips my head back and we fall out. And in that moment, I'm like, do I open my eyes or do I keep them shut? <laughs> but I open my eyes. And as we are flipping through the air, we come and we flatten down, and I'm floating. It literally, guys, feels like floating. You don't feel like you're flying. You feel like you're floating. And you go about 120 miles an hour floating through the air. I went through some clouds. I tasted some bad, bad cloud matter. <laughs> and as I am floating through the air, that vision of me and my vehicle driving there becomes a reality. I'm free. I'm free. And in my mind, I'm Rolodexing freedom from people's expectations of me, freedoms from my own expectations and failures. I am literally free. And I'm free falling. And then we pull the chute and we go up. And then we come back down, and I am trying so hard to be present in this moment because I don't know if I'm ever going to do this again. <laughs> but to just take in, in that moment, 
even though I was afraid and so full of fear, to experience what God was giving me. Acceptance, love, support, all these things that sometimes we miss when we're in the hurried spaces and places of life. Skydiving was, it was a spiritual experience that I had a feeling that God had for me when I said maybe, and it actually happened. What I took from it is that life is about us doing things afraid. When other people would do something that sounded scary to me, I could not believe how much courage they had. But really, the definition of courage is the ability to do something afraid. You're supposed to be scared, but you do it anyway. I believe that we were made to live and experience life almost like school, to participate in it, to learn from it, and to press into becoming better humans. I believe that spiritually, I am not the same person that I was when I was 20. The things that I've learned, I will take with me to the other side of heaven. And if I choose to not live my life and to hide because I'm not, because I'm scared, then I'm not learning and I'm not growing. The worries and anxieties that I have in my life, they manifest themselves into fear and they will continue to grow and get bigger and I am done living my life like that. God even addresses fear so many times, reminding us all throughout the Bible, over 360 times, do not be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be anxious about anything or do not worry about your life or about the things in the future that we cannot care, that we cannot take care of, or that we are not in control of today. I, surprisingly, that day, I was not afraid of dying. I was literally just afraid of skydiving. And for me to be able to actually come face to face with something that I was afraid to do, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> oh. Um, when I faced my fear, I received freedom because I truly, truly believe that on the other side of fear is freedom. So now when I start to experience fear, my goal is to become more present to it, to acknowledge it, to ask it the questions, and to accept that it's there. In the acceptance, I'm able to um, realize that I'm really not in control so much of my life and that sometimes I can only do what I can do and I have to let the rest of the things just kind of play themselves out. It has become an invitation for me to grow and to invite God to help me navigate through it. So I have some questions for you guys. What are you afraid of? Whose voice do you hear inside your head? Is it your voice or the voice of fear or the voice of someone else that's telling you that you are not good enough or you're not capable enough or you can't do whatever it is that you want to do? No matter how big or small the situation is, what may be holding you back from your true becoming, who you envision yourself 
and who you feel God is inviting you into being. I'm going to end with um, this quote from author and researcher Brene Brown. And she quotes Teddy Roosevelt's uh, Men in the Arena, but I like how she kind of paraphrases it because for me it totally fits into my life right now. And uh, yeah. So her, she says, I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when we make the choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get our butts kicked. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. Not at the same time. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. A lot of cheap seats in the arena are filled with people who never venture onto the floor. They just hurl mean-spirited criticisms and put-downs from a safe distance. The problem is, when we stop caring what people think and stop feeling hurt by cruelty, we lose our ability to connect. But when we're defined by what people think, we lose courage to be vulnerable. Therefore, we need to be selective about the feedback we let into our lives. For me, if you're not in the arena getting your butts kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. We thank you for opportunities for us to face fear. And we invite you into those places and into those spaces with us. Thank you for this day. And thank you for the people here. Thank you for the people watching. We are just grateful that you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this morning at Neighborhood Church, and I hope you guys have a great day.